Today on Ovias and Gilio, think of it like a summer vibe check. We'll give you an update on the state of the podcast. The Carolina Panthers have immaculate vibes. The ACC vibes seem to be off. We'll tell you why they're not. Plus, we got beef between Aaron Rodgers and Sean Payton. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias, Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties. And Joe, thanks to Copiers Plus. They are on board presenting, sponsored, presented by Copiers Plus. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the logo. If you're listening on the podcast, you can see the change in our podcast logo. Homepage. Yeah. Taking over. It's taking over, baby. Shout out to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. You know, before... I've had a copiers plus unit in my house for a while now. And I would use it occasionally, you know, like kid stuff for virtual school. Like Kelly will occasionally use it. I use it to scan a ton of stuff. Right. You know, what's been funny since we've moved over to (laughs) LLC mode. You mean when you're on someone else's dime, you're like, ah, just do that at the office. No, 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 no. It's not my money. No, I need this. (laughs) You know what's true. I need the Kyocera, Drew. Do you know know what's happened since we moved to LLC mode? Yeah, I have to tell you, hey, hey. Joe, I need the scan. Hey, (laughs) Joe, I need this printed out. Hey, Joe. In fact, we signed the contract with Correct. the Kyocera <laughs> printer scanner that I have from Copiers Plus. Print it out, sign it, scan it, send it back, all that stuff. So the biggest thing about Copiers Plus, if you're a medium to small size business, where you're really eating into cost is print management. And print management, you think you can do it yourself? No, no, get somebody else to do it. They handle it. Monitoring, maintenance, uh, all those things are important. And you'll find, you'll you'll be shocked how much money you can save by going with copiers plus and we're really really hyped about them jumping on board for obvious and Julio. it's funny i kind of used you know we talk we talk about benchmarks a lot right so when the blip happened in april and we wanted to get this thing going i kind of had it in my head all right if this is going to work there are certain things that have to happen in the summertime to make this thing work all right the first one was people got to listen that's 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 number one. People got to listen. And uh, month to month to month in three months, we've gone up in in plays, downloads, et cetera. And then obviously you need sponsors to support. Okay, we, we've got people who are following us. Now we need sponsors to follow us. Uh, and Drew over at Copiers Plus, a true OG has followed us along with a bunch of other people. So that's, that's benchmark number two. Kind of use ACC kickoff as a benchmark too. Like where are we with... Equipment. Will the schools kind of understand what we're doing? Check, check, check. I thought we kicked ass last week for two people and a small setup. I mean, honestly, we were pumping out content better than just about everybody in that room. So I'm very, very proud about that. And then the other benchmark that I wanted to hit before we got to football season was a presenting sponsor, a title sponsor. And we got that. So I'm hyped, Joe. I'm very excited about that. Can I tell you a quick story? Of course. About my evolution in this process. Yeah. Do you remember when uh, Mile High Stadium, right? We used to name stadiums. They, they would just have a local connection, sure. right? Not necessarily a sponsor. Yeah. Invesco was the original title sponsor to rename Mile High. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they tried to keep it as Mile High at, you know, Invesco Field at Mile High Stadium. The fans basically refused to call it by the sponsor. And I said, <laughs> you know what? This is the 90s now. And I'm like, guys, it's mile high. Why, why are you trying to act like 
something's not going to work. Right. It's always Joe Robbie to me, baby. Sure. Yeah. Right. Or the, the, the peach bowl, they tried forever for it to be the Chick-fil-A peach bowl. And then it was like, well, we're always going to call it the peach bowl. So they're like, fine, we'll change the name of it to the Chick-fil-A bowl. Mm -hmm. And then they changed the rules. So they had to go back to calling it the peach bowl. Mm -hmm. Okay. My favorite example of this though. and, And I'm thinking as a person, like, like what is the vernacular, right? Not, what are what are, what do you want me to call it? It's what is the vernacular? Mm-hmm. And I remember during one of the bowl years that Andrew Carter and I at the News of the Observer were writing up about where Carolina was going and where State was going. There was a s- sneaker store that was very adamant that we call the name of the bowl game in Orlando by the name of the sneaker store. Okay, and finally. They sent both me and Andrew the same email, and finally they said to Andrew, "There's there, that sneaker apparel company is spending a lot of money for you to call them the sneaker apparel company bowl game in Orlando." And finally, Skinny had to just finally email the guy and say, "Yes, they're paying the bowl game. They're not paying me. They pay me." <laughs> so. <laughs> Here I am. (laughs) We are no longer. Later, we are. It is not Mile High Stadium, sir. It is not that sneakers. It is not Chick Fil A. This is the OG presented by Copiers Plus. (laughs) And if you hear me say otherwise, you will smack me. So the vibes, the vibes are good, and that's actually kind of the theme of today's episode. Uh, The vibes, the vibe. It's a vibe check. Summer vibe check for a variety of things. We're on the cusp here. We got practice starting in a week. We just had our kickoff event, so we're, we're, we're on the cusp. Well, training camps are in full effect in the NFL, and there's drama elsewhere, which we'll get to. Let's use some air quotes. Oh, yeah, still there's, use air quotes for Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Yeah, there, there's, there's drama elsewhere, so whatever. Let's focus on the Panthers. And this is where I have to change my own mindset when, the, when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, because... The Panthers have done an amazing, and we've brought this up before, and, and, it, and it bears repeating. The Panthers have done an amazing job of getting everybody to feel good about the team again. They hit a low point under Matt Rule, so they've spent a lot of time trying to get people back in the fold. Like, let's let's like embrace the team again. This is the team that you fell in love with. This is the team that you like. So let's bring, you know, it's not lost on me that Steve Smith has had a, a much more of a presence these days. You know, they're doing this thing where he's grilling with the rookies at Wofford and he's talking about how Moose and Muhammad took him under his wing. And now I'm doing that with you. I mean, it's like just nostalgia, just like give it to me, give it to me. Right. And then people are showing up to Wofford for the, you know, welcome back celebration, everything else. And Bryce Young is incredibly likable. I mean, we talked to Vast. Like, I heard about this yes, last week. Thanking the media. Well, thanking the media to show up. Like, you know, he's like, the teammates love him, all this other stuff. So when I was logged on to Twitter this weekend, your favorite time of the year has arrived, Joe. We are getting training camp, play-by-play, baby. Let's go. Saw a giant player have an interception with one hand, and it was just like, (laughs) cool. (laughs) Cool. So Bryce Young threw a couple picks over the weekend. Uh Uh-oh. What does that mean? Against other professional players? Crazy, right? No. Get out. So it's this thing where it's like, well, you know, Bryce Young had to shake off a a little bit of a, a slow start at camp. You know, it's a lot of you drinking from the fire hose. It's okay, man. Like, don't harsh my vibe. Like, the Panthers got me feeling good. I don't need to be hearing about Bryce Young throwing picks. I don't got to worry about him throwing picks. I'm, I refuse to worry about him throwing picks. In fact, when we get to the first uh, preseason game, if his first series is eh, 
I'm still not gonna be like, what does it mean, Joe? Do you know why? Did, is he a bust already? I'm not do gonna you know do it. Why? I refuse to do it. <laughs> because now is the time to do those things. I know. Under like unlike the Matt Rule error where he was like, let me just hide these players. Yeah, right. So that by the fifth week of the season, we'll definitely be ready instead of being ready for the opener. <laughs> Don't worry about Bryce Young. I just had this conversation. With my brother-in-law. I love what they've done with him. Mm-hmm. I, I do not expect that. And, and I've heard a little bit. Always a pocket Mahomes. Like a pocket size. Mahomes. That's not who this guy is going to be. It was like I'm Game sorry. Boys back in the day. Yeah. The Game Boy Pocket. I'm Game just Boy telling Mac you right Bro. now. That's not who this guy is going to be. Okay, that's fine. I think he's going to be very good though. I think he's going to be very steady. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to use him in a way this year in particular. With the pieces that they've put around him, I, I can't say enough good things about Hayden Hurst. Mm-hmm. If you're in my fantasy league right now, understand I'm taking Hayden Hurst. If you're in my fantasy league, understand Miles Sanders is someone that you're going to want to take because if you look at the way that Miles Sanders was used in Philly, you look at the running backs that Frank Reich used in Indy, got to start putting those pieces together. All of those are efforts to help the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Tight end is the quarterback's best friend. Yeah. So they did a smart thing there. They have smart coaches who've played the position, who've groomed young players before. And un- am I still allowed to say groomed? And, and still know how to develop players and put them in the best positions to win. Okay? Mm-hmm. I love all of those things that they've done. Is it going to be the easiest transition in the history? Well, of course not. There's going to be bumps along the way. He's going to throw interceptions in, in not only in practice and preseason games, but in real games. Even Peyton Manning threw a um, shit ton of interceptions his rookie year. It happens. Troy yeah. Aikman, guys struggle. I'm glad but you I brought that up. But I think he can break some of that curve in the way that they're asking him. They're not asking, They're at, if this makes any sense, they're asking Bryce Young to be the face of the franchise. They're not asking him to be the savior of the franchise. They're not putting him out there like they did Cam Newton and saying, oh my God, you're this amazing physical freak. I need you to just go make plays any way that you possibly mm-hmm. can to make us relevant and interesting. Mm-hmm. They're putting him into a very calculated position where they are now in a situation where they could make the playoffs this year. That's very rare in year. A lot of guys come in and call it year zero. Mm-hmm. No such thing as year zero in the NFL, obviously, or, or a seven year plan in the NFL. Obviously they're putting him in a position to be successful right now, but it's also going to be slightly conservative. Yeah. I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that, but I'll, I'll take it a step further. The, the Carolina Panthers have an opportunity to make the playoffs because the NFC South is a little bit of a mess right now. It is absolutely a function of their division and the conference. It's not because the Panthers are somehow a step ahead. It's because the conference is there for them to take. So if it's there for you to take like it was last year, well, as I can say, which it was last year, which it was last year and they almost did it, but (laughs) things fell apart. It's whatever. Okay. Be great. But it's not the end of the world that they don't. It really is. What do they have in Bryce Young in year one? Is it something they can build around? and then continue to build around it. Because again, the, the the nature of NFL teams right now with rookie contracts is that if you feel like you've got this guy, and clearly they do because they moved up to get him, well, then you're going to do what you can to build around him. And this is more of a three-year plan than it is, all right, you got to get right back now. It's development. And that's the one thing that I feel the Panthers have done so far without being on the ground, without being in the room. It's all based on vibes. It's all based on how the Panthers are presenting themselves. And it's also who they hired in Frank Reich and who they've got around Frank Reich on that coaching staff that they're doing the steps necessary not to ruin the development of Bryce Young. That's the most important thing about this season more than anything else. Do not get in the way of his development. And so far, I'm pretty confident that they're doing it the right way. And I'm not really sweating any of the day-to-day details about, you know, did he throw a pick today? 
I mean, I, honestly, the only thing that the thing that actually made me feel alive this weekend was we had a fight. Oh, Travis Kelsey? No, no, no. On the Panthers. I was going to say as long. I was going to say as long we as Bryce fight. Young's not punching no, JC Horn, we're fine. He's not. We haven't seen. We haven't seen Cam. Who's who? Who did Cam, Cam Newton? Newton the corner. Yeah, well, I can't remember who it was that he did. Josh too. Norman. Was it Norman? Thank you. It was yeah. Josh Norman. Thank you. I, for some reason, I couldn't remember that. Steve Smith punched a guy once. I mean, it is what probably it is. more than one. Yeah, probably a couple of times. So we saw a scuffle during scrimmage over the weekend. It's like classic camp. Like these guys are just sick and tired. I'm like, they literally just got there. How are they already sick and tired of it? They're ready to put pads on and start hitting. I'm getting all the cliches, man. I'm very, very excited about this. Football is almost here. Housekeeping. Couple housekeeping notes. Uh, we have OG pizza night coming up. Speaking of the Panthers. We do. Well, we probably can't advertise that part of it. Well, we do, There we will have- be football. And it will be Monday, the first day of the week. So there happens and it to will be, be at night. So there happens to be a game on television that you can watch while we're all eating pizza. While we're consuming pizza, not only are we consuming pizza, mm-hmm. the OG Media LLC will be purchasing your pizza for you. All right. So details on this. How are people going to? What well, are we we've doing got here? 24 spots. You want to workshop this right now? You want to well, spit like, all this right now? I guess it's 24 spots, meaning that we have 12 listeners. Actually, we got we got 22 because Ken and Ashley have to be there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so we got 22. 22 spots. So one spot is taken. So hypothetically speaking, keep it 24. Yes. Let's keep it 24 for now, even though we know that two of those spots are already yes. taken. Shout out to Ken and Ashley. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll bring Ken some of his own bourbon. So from his mixtape. I what I would say is we qualify twelve listeners, okay, and a plus one, which gets you to twenty four. How do you want to qualify them? It's a great question. Do we want to keep harvesting emails? No, <laughs> I, I want you to tweet at one of our sponsors. How about that? Okay, the first twelve people, first eleven. 11 who tweet at one of our sponsors in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be like, Oh, this is like, no, we don't want that. We don't want keep that. those positive vibes going. <laughs> yes. That's it. I like it. All right. The, we'll have to check the Twitters. Yeah. Obviously you have to tag our sponsor and tag Hash- us and make sure you use the hashtag, hashtag OG pizza, pizza night. night. Yeah. All right. So that's what we, right. and then we'll do it. We got it. We got it. Workshops. Yeah. All right. So that's what we'll do. So 11, the first 11, cause you get a plus one. Yeah. If you want to tag all the sponsors, do it. So tag all of our sponsors, Hashtag it OG Pizza Night, and then we will take from that pool. We'll have OG Pizza Week if somebody uh, buys a house using hometown realty. <laughs> oh yeah, hell, drinks on me. Drinks on me if you buy too. a house, man. Jeez, I'll buy an Oakwood Pizza Box gift card for this. We've had a lot. Month. I love our our butchers market people. I love all of our uh, breeze through. You yeah, know, we're we're creating a problem for our guy Adam. I know with these tumblers. I know. I know. Uh, we probably need to talk to him a little bit about that to make sure he's not getting mad at us. Um, no, I text I texted Adam about that because we had one listener, Bud, who said, "Yeah, man, I went to the store and yes, apparently they're sold out. They're like done with it." I'm like, "Oh wait, are we giving out bad information?" And I was like, "No, right on it. I'll make sure Bud gets one." Okay. So no, he's ha- no. Adam's all in. So those are all good. On. Those and honestly, I don't. You you talked about some of our landmarks. That was something I never could have anticipated. The mm-hmm. way that people have responded to great. our sponsors, in such a way that I'm just like sitting here, like I couldn't have made this stuff up. It's great. You know what I mean. So that part's been awesome. So let's do that. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll eleven that of way. those. Use that hashtag. OG Use that hashtag. Tonight. Hey. Now speaking of emails, mixtape is back next week. 
Okay. Right. Mixtape is back next week. This My is man how, Jeremy's ready. This is how it's going to work. We can get him out there. All I right. want him to be. I want him to be contestant number one because he was one of our first OG mixtape. Can we get Jeremy in the studio? Yeah, he works downtown. All right, well, let's get Jeremy in the studio. He'll be contestant number one. Make sure right. he comes up on Monday morning. All okay. Right? But this is how it's going to work. I believe I have six songs. Six songs. Okay. Here's how you qualify. Email mixtape to the OG goes digital at gmail.com. Again, subject line mixtape, the OG goes digital at gmail.com. We have six songs. The theme is summer. I have some recognizable voices. Yes. Reading the lyrics of these songs. So if you're going to win these tumblers, you want to show the tumbler I, I was gonna, the people. I was going to say, we probably need to workshop this too. Cause you know how I love to give away a tumbler. Yeah. But I'm, we legitimately only have four to give away. We only have four? One is for Adam, sir. <laughs> oh, yeah. One of the OGs is for Adam. Okay, so we have four. Fine. We can't We can't get... Did I? I you might I, have used yours. No, I didn't. I, I put it back down. We had more before that. You took one. I have one. Yes. Yeah, you took one. Regardless. All I know is I have six songs. Okay. All right. But I'm saying, like, what do you? Because this isn't naming five songs in 30 seconds. No, this is. What do you, you, better, what do you think? How you, do you want to? How do you want to designate a winner for this? You got to name the song because I don't think but it's going to be easy. No, they, they they're getting the whole lyric. It's a verse. Okay. Because it's going to be more difficult than yeah. just naming a song. Yeah. Because you got to know lyrics. Right. If you don't know lyrics, <laughs> but I'm saying, is there going to be a timer or no? No, no timer. <laughs> you get to hear the first. Because again, the way I worked it out. Okay. Is that I got these very recognizable voices? We're we gonna pass. We have a pass. No pass. You get one shot. I like pass. No pass. Come back with you a clock. A, you get a shot. You get one Family shot. Family feud style. No, you get one shot. You hear the whole entire verse. Okay. You either know it or you don't. And if you could name all six, you're saying we no, can, we can yeah. have a one hour podcast? No, 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 no. One contestant. Names one, one song. song. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. Oh, so, so we are giving these four away pretty we'll quickly. I don't know. People might not know lyrics. So here's how it's If you don't work. put a clock on it. Here, well... When it's over, they have to give me the name of the song. Okay. That's all I'm saying. So one, one song. Trust me, this is going to be a lot harder than you think. When we, when we hopefully see Roy Williams on Wednesday, I really want him to read two trailer park girls go around the outside. I doubt he's going to do that. I doubt he's going to do that. So again, the theme of the mixtape is summer. You will get the first verse. You have to name the song. All okay. right. If you name the song, you'll get the tumbler. And the other requirement is you're going to have to pop on StreamYard. Yeah, this is not a call in. This is you got to pop we will on arrange beforehand, and you will either be like Jeremy who works downtown. Mm -hmm. You can come see us, or you have to be on StreamYard. Got to be on stream. That's how this works. Yes, this is no like. Oh, are you going to scroll the lyrics too? No, it's all audio. Okay, it's all audio. Okay, you're not going to see the lyrics. You're just going to hear them. And then we'll that might be goes. hard. That might be hard. That's why, like I I'm saying, maybe reading them, you could process it. It's not going to be easy, man. It's not going to be easy. Uh, speaking of new sponsors, State Farm on board. Matt Davis. Shout out to Matt Davis at State Farm. I've been a longtime State Farm insurance uh, customer. I think I've been a customer for State Farm for like 25 years at this point. Never had any issues with State Farm. They always come through, always answer your questions, make things abundantly clear. And Matt Davis can do the same thing for you. You can call him at 919-779-8277. You can find him on social media as well. I think I have this right. Obviously, auto, home, life, business, which we will be participating in, yeah. I've, I've been talked into. <laughs> you, you, the conservative one, reminding me that such things exist for our yeah. LLC. And pet insurance. Look, man, Matt's got it all. 
Not only that, not only insurance, but financial services, Google Matt Davis and State Farm. 919-779-8277. Full uh, disclosure here. Matt's one of my friends and Matt has been uh, really helpful in getting financial advice and also business advice, how to start this small business and how to really run our show here. So I think he can help you too. Also, welcome to Homefield. Homefield Apparel. Oh man, I'm very excited about I, Homefield coming on. Now, here's the thing about Homefield. I'm Matt's gonna have up. to put a governor on me for Homefield. So I, uh, <laughs> the app. Well, no, app no, no, no. I, I pulled so up. Good. I pulled up the uh, my favorite shirt, which should arrive here soon. Actually, it should arrive today. It's don't tweet at Cruits. Okay, don't tweet at Cruits. Simple as that. Just don't do it. Uh, and you can buy that shirt at Homefield. Homefield's got a lot of great stuff. Uh, all you got to do is go to homefieldapparel.com. I've got like two of their, I have a, an old Duke's Mayo Bowl t-shirt. Man, the app the app's is the on way there. to go on, on home field. <laughs> so we got, I, I have the, I have the, the 2020 Mayo Bowl, Duke's Mayo Bowl one-off that they did a while back with the broken trophy. Yes. Uh, they have, I have the Howling Cow shirt, which I absolutely love. It's one of my most comfortable shirts that I've got. And their crew neck sweaters are off the charts comfy. Did I say that right? No. Um, Damn it. They ha- this is pretty simple. Okay. We, we, we didn't, I love it when people are like, man, this pizza really is the best. Yeah. We didn't lie to you. Like, oh man, that steak and cheese sandwich. Yeah. No guys, we seriously, lie, yeah. we're not, we're not here. Yes. They're paying us, but mm-hmm. no, we're not lying to you. They have the best hoodie anywhere, anywhere. All right. Anywhere. Mm-hmm. Now you throw in the different schools, the different old school logos that they have. The ECU one, I got James. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do a video commercial of that when he gets back into town right. because that sweatshirt and intern Tanner has a, a Tennessee one. That was his payment for the month of uh, June. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm... Move on. I, I was premature. And you know how excited I am about pizza. Yeah, Always. You get, you get very excited about pizza and nachos, but all right, we'll, we'll do this again. Move on. Working on new audio. Breaks. I hope so. No, yes. I am. I love Rand, but even you and I are getting sick and tired of Rand. And he won't call us back. He won't text us back. He was supposed mm-hmm. to be here last week. Mm-hmm. I'm putting Rand on blast. All right. Put him out there, I'm man. Put, Rand it, on put him on front street. Look, I mean, if Rand wants money, all right, let's knock out an arrangement where we can get money for you. Right. You we know, got, we got I know what he likes. He likes free shirts. <laughs> Hell, I'll go into the I'll go into the attic of shirts I don't wear anymore. If he's really about that, because we know he's about that free shirt lifestyle with yes. holes in them. Yes. So if that's what he needs. But, yeah, we've been after Rand to give us some new acapella stuff to break up the the segments and whatnot. But he like doesn't respond. Then he ghosted you on Friday, right? He did. What up with that? It's not right. Come on, Rand. Step up. You part of Team OG or not? Especially since now I have like all of Garner advertising with us. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, that's true. I feel yeah, you have, kind of, you, have you do have Garner on lock now that I think about it. But um, but yeah, no, it's like am I am I gonna have to go full Aaron Rodgers on Rand? Is that what I'm gonna have to do? I think you do. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm gonna have to do. All right. So I think you just did. We talked, uh, we we talked about the vibes for the Panthers being immaculate. I like the vibes, but the vibes are not immaculate elsewhere across the NFL. And what I always love about sports oftentimes is that you get a collection of knuckle dragging bros who act as though sports is somehow wholly unique from any other entertainment proposition that exists. And you'll usually get these snide remarks. of like, how could you watch all that reality television? You're watching the bachelor. You're watching, you know, love Island or any number of shows that Brownlow watches. Right. 
or to a certain extent what Rand watches or even what I watch, Uncle Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers. Now, you haven't watched Righteous Gemstones yet, have you? <laughs> I have, just you, not. You got to catch it up. <laughs> you got to catch up. You got to catch up. But I maintain and continue to maintain that the NFL actually provides more male soap opera drama than the WWE could ever provide. Okay. People act as though what happens in the NFL is somehow real. No, it's all shoot promos. Okay. <laughs> They're all shoot promos. Nobody believes any of this stuff. And if you don't believe me, listen to me now. Believe me later. Shout out to Bomani Jones. Let's start with the source, Sean Payton, one of the greatest shoot promo coaches in NFL history. The guy, because I can, oh, excuse me, the guy, because I can say this now, is an asshole, right? I, like, I'm not. I'm yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not stretching the truth here. He is a notorious jerk in the NFL. The man has a famous, two famous stories about Sean Payton. You understand how this guy works. Okay. Indianapolis for one of the Super Bowls, it was either a Super Bowl or it was a combine and they went to St. Elmo. All right. And apparently as the, one does, as one does when you go to Indianapolis and there's this incredible wine list. And apparently Jerry Jones had his eye on this very expensive wine. You know what story I'm talking about, right? So Jerry Jones apparently wanted this really expensive wine. And Sean Payton, once he found out that he wanted this expensive wine, guess what Sean Payton did? He bought the wine, drank it, left the empty bottle at Jerry's table, and be like, peace out, okay? Got my ring or whatever. And then there was another story from a couple of years ago where the Carolina Panthers were ready to offer an undrafted free agent contract to a player. And they were just like, all right, cool. Looks like, you know, we're going to, we got to draft this guy here, but understand that when the draft is over, we're going to, we're yeah. going to sign you. Sean Payton, when he was the coach of the New Orleans Saints, found this out. And because he's super petty and he's a jerk, he decided to waste his last draft pick on this guy just because the Panthers wanted him. Just because, just because I don't, I think they cut him eventually, but that's, that's, that's Sean Payton. Yeah. All right. So fast forward to this past week where he's doing an interview with Jarrett Bell of USA Today. And he's talking about what happened with the Denver Broncos last year and the changes that have to be made this year. I don't think it's a stretch to say that Nathaniel Hackett did a poor job with the Denver Broncos. I mean, the man lasted a year or less than. Not even. Not even. I mean, that's saying something, by the way, yeah. that a white coach in the NFL did not last. Not even the full year. That's saying something, man. You better be Bobby Petrino. <laughs> Well, he just left. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like that, that dude, just you got to be problematic to not yeah. make it the full year. So here's the, here's the quote that I highlighted uh, in this Jarrett bell. That was a message that they can only beat the shit out of you so much, but everybody's got a little stink on their hands. It's not just Russell because Russell Wilson was bad last year. It was a poor offensive line. That's true. Might be been the worst coach jobs in the, in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it was, end quote. That that got people riled up because he's just saying the quiet part out loud about Nathaniel Hackett. He also, as I'm scrolling up, had something to say about the Jets as well. And let's see if I can go and find as I scroll up in this Yeah, I think the, uh, entire, the, the entire premise here was like, hey, how do you make this thing work? Mm -hmm. And it basically, is Russell Wilson broken or can you fix him? Yes, yes. And his whole thing was, no, that wasn't just on Russell. Like he could have said it that way, but he obviously chose a different way to go about 
defending his new quarterback and trying to pump up his new quarterback, which I totally get. So he talked about it. Russell Wilson produced an unmitigated disaster underscored by the NFL's worst offense. This is from Sean Payton. It doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organization gets embarrassed. And that happened here. Part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much time trying to win the offseason, the PR, the pomp, the circumstance. Broncos Nation, let's ride. Marching people around and all this stuff. We're not doing any of that. The Jets did that. The Jets, ding, 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 here we go. The Jets did that last year. You watch. Hard knocks, all of it. I can see it coming. Remember when former Washington owner Dan Snyder put that dream team together? I was at the Giants in 2000. I was a young coach. I thought, how are we going to compete with them? Deion Sanders is there now. That team won eight games or whatever. So listen, just put the work in, end quote. All right, so from that point on, from from that those quotes from Sean Payton, has he said anything that's completely out of turn or out of hand? I don't think there is a code in terms of as a coach, mm-hmm. you worry about your own business. Mm-hmm. Okay, you worry about your team. I do think there was a way for him to talk about Russell Wilson's struggles last year and put a more generic, hey, last, or even just a, a gloss of, hey, last year was over. We're moving on. This is what we're going to do to help him. We're moving on. Yeah, I'm, I'm convinced this is what, you know, under my system, he's going to flourish. I don't think he was used. Pro- you could even say, I don't even think he's used properly. That's fine. To, That's say, fair. to say it was one of the worst coached teams. But it was. Yeah, but even... Nathaniel Hackett got that job because they thought Aaron Rodgers was coming to Denver. And when they didn't get Aaron Rodgers, they pivoted and they overspent for Russell Wilson. I get all that. But think of our own profession. Like if Adam Gold were to go on... Well, you know, the reason they got fired is because they weren't any good. Mm -hmm. Or that was the worst show in the history of the 3 p.m. But those things aren't true. (laughs) But but there's an etiquette there. When you're in the game for 20 years, the way that Sean Payton has been the way that Hackett and his dad has been. So there's a little bit of respect to, there to your point that there's an etiquette that mm-hmm. people who of that ilk would do that. Mm-hmm. that, particularly that generation. They wouldn't do that. The example that you used about like us and yeah. like saying Adam talking about it or something like that. Doesn't, yeah, Adam's been in radio for 20 years You or 30 years. You've been in radio for 20 years. Those are kind of things you wouldn't do after 20 and 30 years in radio. That's, that's my point. To your point, you're right. I would find better ways, much softer ways to explain why certain things happen in our business. Sure. Okay. Or what I usually say is those decisions are made above my pay grade. All right. But in Sean Payton's world, those decisions are not made necessarily above his pay grade. There's a direct line between the head coach of a team and then the ownership group sure. who decides. So when you're a coach and you, and I, I get what you're saying it's about just the poor code. form. It's just poor form. I get what you're saying about the code. Totally get Particularly that. Particularly when it's no skin off of his back like it's not like it's not it's and again it's i think it's about the dad being in the business too like let's 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 put the panthers into this perspective it's really easy for frank wright to look at the previous regime with the carolina panthers said one thing about them he hasn't because he's basically if he did it was hey they did they did the best they could drafting the players that they could forward he's moving they were young you know they were trying to and they helped us they get they put us in position with uh building blocks but there is a key difference between the denver broncos and the carolina panthers under matt rule and while we had our issues with matt rule and pointed out the times in which he clearly looked like he was in over his head nathaniel hackett was historically bad at the point where his clock management was awful they had to hire a guy to help him with the clock management yeah, so, I'm I, not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying right. what he's saying. Isn't okay, saying that's is fine. accurate. What I'm saying is, it's just poor form. All right, that's all. There's all ways right. to do it. You don't have to go scorched earth 
on someone who is your colleague. Mm. You don't have to. All right. That's that's fair. I, I rarely agree with Aaron Rodgers. You know this. This is true. I refuse to talk about this Aaron Rodgers from the from the time they lost in the playoffs until he actually was traded to the Jets. But now that he's there, like yes, when I saw this thing come through, and I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you this because I know you're down on the Jets this year. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna kick all kinds of ass I don't this year. Think so we'll see. But here's you know what? But you know why you're confused about this? And I'm not I'm not like trying to be pedantic. Mm-hmm. Do you know who actually is the best quarterback in the history of the regular season? Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not saying he's going to win the Super Bowl with the Jets. Please understand the two different things I'm saying. Oh, he's absolutely off I the think, charts in the regular season. I think he's going to just light shit on fire Fine. in the regular season. And then once we get to the postseason, and then it becomes Aaron Rodgers again. Mm-hmm. But we've we've become so predisposed to only judging people on what they do in the playoffs. That's fair. That we completely forget that this guy like has the biggest fu energy of anyone. Mm-hmm. So yes, right now, and they play in week five, by the way, I could get that line right now. Give it to me. Give me the jets minus whatever it is. Yeah, because October, because I, because that is the way that this guy works. Mm-hmm. He's not Jordan, but he is one of those people who are like, Oh, and he's not going to, he's not going to write those checks and cash them in the playoffs. But in the regular season, there, Sean, there hasn't been one better, but Sean Payton's like that too. Sean Payton uses that petty fuel yeah, to get over on people for as well. Sure. That's why I called him what, he, what I called him at the beginning of this. Here's Sean Payton uh, when this became a thing after the USA Today article came out. Here's what he had to say. And be very, very, uh, listen very carefully in that he didn't necessarily take anything that he said back. Um, you know, there's a pound of flesh for these guys. And, and as a coach, you stick up for them. And after a while, you know, we're past that season last year and, and, you know, I said what I said, and, and obviously I needed a little bit more uh, restraint, and uh, I regret that. Um, that being said, what I told the team is, you know, if it can happen, and I, I'm th- I think I'm pretty good relative to working with the media and, and pretty savvy, and I just had one of those moments. Jared's a good friend, uh, real good at his job, and uh, two lattes in the morning, first first one I see, and... <laughs> 40 minutes later, I'm, I'm regretting it. So <laughs> he said he had his Fox hat on instead of his coach's did, did hat Did you see on. the shirt he was wearing? Yeah, it said Uncommon or something like that. That is big high school lacrosse, high school cross-country energy right there, man. And they all do it now. They all do Come it Come on. In they the NFL? What did we just see with Matt Rule? Sean Payton was doing the same thing in the, with the Saints about do your job and all that stuff as well. I mean, yeah, all the coaches well, have their little logos and do whatnot. your job. Belichick. Belichick, but apparently Sean Payton was also doing the same thing too. Well, they're both from Parcells. Oh yeah, they're Parcells guys. Yeah, it was, I think this was when Sean Payton was suspended over Bounty Gate, and they just had like a poster of him, like Big Brother style. <laughs> and I want to say underneath it, it said "Do your, do your job. job." That's why that came up. Uncommon. So, uncommon. Is that going to work? Well, I have more confidence in the Jets working. I have more confidence in the Panthers working, and I have a tremendous. I do have a tremendous opinion of Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Is that going to work with Russ if, this year, that team, if, with him? If Russ... Is he going to sprinkle, add water, and fix Russ? Let me ask you this. Do you think Russell... I mean, hell, we did an entire podcast about Russell Wilson not failing. He's never failed at anything in his life, right? And so was, we did a podcast about him. What? 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 <laughs> and then he failed. Do you think we put that stink on? I'm, I'm just saying he was awful last year. You like think, he was historically bad last year. Well, do you think that was Russell Wilson? Or do you think that was Nathaniel Hackett? It's probably a combination of all of the things. I agree. All of the things. So I think that but I know the number. I, I, I honestly know the number one problem with Russell Wilson. Let me ask you this before you, before you say what it is. Do you think Russell Wilson 
used last year and is capable of being humbled? Does he have the awareness to understand that Broncos country let's ride became a punchline? Does he have the self-awareness to understand that the photo shoots that he does with the season he's having don't mesh? Does he have that self-awareness? No, because Russ is always in the world of Russ. Okay. And that has always served him well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Understand what I'm saying. Russ believed before anyone else that he could be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Okay. Okay. So he's not going to listen to other people, even when a kicker is on a plane mocking him. Right. Yes. Like I'm sure he is aware of what, remember the brother reached out to us during Mm -hmm. the podcast. So that they're always aware of things that are said about them and how they're portrayed because they've worked very hard to Mm -hmm. cultivate his image and his public persona. So do you think, but I don't, while I do think there is a little bit of phony baloney to Russ. Sure. I believe he, in his head, I believe that he believes mm-hmm. in his head the stuff that he says. Okay. I totally believe all I'm that. with you on that. I, I think he does lack authenticity in certain parts of his life. Sure. But I do believe in his head that his mindset is such that he believes what he's saying. And he believes to his core. And it's worked for him. About, uh, and again, how he got there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's Russ's biggest problem. And, and here's where I wonder if Sean Payton can fix him. Russ made his bones a certain way. Mm-hmm. He was a, the, the two yard Hail Mary. Okay. It's chaos. Russ was able to make something out of nothing. He was the king of chicken salad out of chicken shit. Mm-hmm. That was Russell Wilson. Whether he had nobody blocking for him at NC State or <laughs> third street defensive lineman blocking for him at right. Seattle, right? He had the ability to make plays out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, we do this with black quarterbacks. Russell Newton, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. We try to convince them, and then they get this in their head. I have to be a pocket passer. Yeah, I can't be the guy who I was to get here. I have to change who I am to prove to stupid people, not like me, but like Adam Schefter and other pundits that, oh, man, see, I can play the game the way that you want me to play the game. Mm-hmm. When the truth of the matter is you got here because you can turn, you can pick up a third and seven with three guys screaming down the you know, the back of your legs and you can either pivot and turn and make a great throw or take off and run and pick up the first down. When I look at him and I look at his running stats from last year, these aren't design runs. It's never been about the design runs with Russell Wilson, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. His strength has always been the improvisation. And when I watched him last year and when I watched him and even in the last year in Seattle, I saw a guy who stopped improvising. I saw a guy who stopped making plays out of nothing. Yeah. That comes with age, potentially. Could be. You know, you have some of those injuries that catch up to you. Mm-hmm. They do. But I think it's what Sean Payton needs to do is needs to sit him down and needs to show him the highlights from his first two years in Seattle. And I, <laughs> well, the problem is you don't know if he's still age catches up to you. Aaron Rodgers can have the same. Not everybody's Tom Brady. Correct. Correct. At some point but, you can't and play that's the question. And, and I saw this with Cam Newton. Yeah. When he couldn't outrun a guy to the corner in that Tampa game, it was I a saw a person. I said, he it's can't do it anymore. Nope. With Russ, the question is, are you just an unwilling runner or are you physically not capable of doing it anymore? Because to me, that's what made him special. Yes, he's a fine passer. Yes, I believe he's on track to be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. The truth of the matter is, though, 
he was never going to have the career that Aaron Rodgers is having. He was never going to have the career that Tom Brady was having in terms of longevity mm-hmm. because of the way that he played the position. Mm-hmm. And if I'm, if I'm Sean Payton, I'm showing him highlights and I'm saying, here's a third down play. Here's, here's not a designed run, but these are the kind of things I need you to get back to doing because this is what makes you great. This is what makes you a difference maker. And I watched last year and it was a lot of like, and, and you saw the frustration that he had with the, the receivers and vice versa. So that's the big question for them. Can they get on the same page? Can they put in the work like yeah. Sean Payton said they need to do? I don't think Russell Wilson will ever be at the same level that he was because of those reasons. I will say this though. About that doesn't Russell. mean he can't be good. Doesn't mean he can't have a, a better year than last year, obviously. We, we, that was that was bottomed out. We can opinion. we can make fun of Russell Wilson for all the things that he does. And he makes it really, really easy for us to make fun of him. And we've certainly had our enjoyment of that. But the one thing I'll never doubt about Russell Wilson is that he is aware enough to understand that he has to evolve. And that's why I'm really curious about this upcoming season. I put more of last year on Nathaniel Hackett and the coaching staff being in over their heads, straight up. Much in the same way that the Panthers were in and over their heads with Matt Rule. Sean Payton, even though he's got that big a-hole energy, it works for him. Sometimes you have to be that to get a guy on page two. Because remember, one of the first things that Sean Payton was aware of when he got that job was, hey, Russell Wilson's got his own office. He's got like his own guy. And, And Sean Payton's like, no. And sometimes you do need a guy like Sean Payton to cor- overcorrect us. Yeah. But not not to humble him, so to speak, to be like, hey, man, did that work for you last year? Oh, it didn't? Okay, well, let's try it my way. Or let's get on the same page and go in that same direction. Remember, the, the, the thing that ended up unspooling what happened in Seattle was that he started to think that his way was the way to do it. And they started to butt heads with Pete Carroll. Obviously, it well, makes it much easier to get rid of the quarterback than it is an aging quarterback than it is to get rid of Pete Carroll. This is also point. where authenticity comes in. Yes. The teammates have to buy in. Those yes. receivers in Denver, by the end of that year, you saw they weren't in. it boiled over we saw on the Seattle field. The end too. We saw, we he, saw still, the he still had advocates in Seattle. That was a splintered locker room, but he still had advocates. I felt like on the field last year, no one on Denver was like, hey, no, I got it. I No one on Denver was like me and you. Like, hey, man, I was there at Keenan Stadium. I saw the, the two-yard hill, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the Houdini acts before. I believe in you. I know what you can do. He didn't do any of that stuff last year. And that's his biggest problem. He's going to have to square that. He has to square that. I think that. he's capable of it. I, I honestly I think, think he's capable he, of it. I think he is, too. The and question Sean, is, are Sean, you physically capable? That's of it? that's a se- that's a separate conversation. I'm I'm simply saying that Russell Wilson has always given me the impression that mentally he can get where he needs to be and adapt to the guy. Now, if it goes poorly, I would be very interested to see how Russell Wilson portrays the Sean Payton experience when it's all said and done. That that's another topic entirely. Now, speaking of Sean Payton, you know, because he said what he said about the Jets, this has brought the Jets into the conversation. You can go about. Responding to Sean Payton in two ways. You can go the Robert Sala way, the head coach of the Jets, or you can go the Aaron Rodgers way. So here's Sala essentially taking the high road. This is from Ari uh, Mirov, uh, who covers the Jets. And this is from the Jets uh, practice. I think it was like Friday or Saturday. Yeah, here's what before you play that. Mm -hmm. Obvious context. Hackett is now the Jets offensive coordinator. Yes. Yes. Um, Well, I'm not going to acknowledge Sean on that. You know, he's been in the league a while. He can say whatever the hell he wants. But, uh, but as far as, you know, what we have going on here, it's, um, you know, the, 
I kind of live by saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. Yeah. All right, can we stop that right there? <laughs> I didn't realize Robert Sella had bars, man. <laughs> if you don't got haters, you ain't popping. I was, I was waiting for this clip because I'm like, look at Robert Sala. Yes, man. Buddy, yes. you, you got so many haters and you know it. I love it. I, I love that. I love that energy from Robert Sala, man. He might be my new favorite coach. <laughs> I actually want to hear that again. If you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. Hate away. Hate away. Love that from Robert. You know, it's uh, obviously we're doing something right. If you got to talk about us when we don't play you till week four. And I'm good with it, you know, but. Uh, actually, hold on a second. Let me do it know, again. You know, the, Let me try this again. I kind of live by saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. I just made it better. I was gonna say you need to clip the hate away, put it on board. <laughs> it needed it, it needed reggae horns in my uh, in my opinion. So that that's Robert Sell. I think you responded the, the right way. He's like, okay, fine. You you think we screwed up? You think we're all in that PR campaign? Hey man, hate away. We'll see you in October or week five or whatever it is. That's the Robert Salloway. I like that way. You got haters. You ain't popping. See, I actually like the Aaron Rodgers way. I don't like the Aaron Rodgers way. The one and way. only time that I agree. And here's Aaron Rodgers with uh, with Pete Schrager, uh, my favorite personal cheerleader for Matt Rule. Here's what um, here's what Aaron Rodgers said on NFL Network Plus. I'm not going to ask you about Sean Payton's comments directly, but I will ask you to maybe address Nathaniel Hackett as a coach and what he means to you and what he can bring to this Jets team. That story goes out there. I had about a million texts from people in the coaching community saying, I was out of line. Was Yet you see Hackett out here. He's still pumped up. I don't think it affects him as much as maybe it affects everyone on the outside. And yet you and him have this great bond and union together where you've always had his back. He's always had yours. Yeah, I love Nathaniel Hackett. And those comments were very surprising. Um, to, for a coach to do that to another coach. My love for Hackett goes deep. You know, we had uh, some great years together in Green Bay. Kept in touch. Um, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, what does that do? You know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Just I'm gonna pause it right there. He's arguably the, the my most favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Really? So when the Broncos hired him to be the head coach, and you were essentially in control of what you wanted to do, why did you? Why are you hating on a guy right now? Why did you Who's say having a heartfelt moment and no, defending his friend? Because it's all crap. No, it's not. It's all crap. Aaron Rodgers, you want to talk about an offense, authenticity oh, problem. You know who's you know who's actually less authentic than Russell Wilson? This guy. That's Ooh, right. They're like communism and so and uh it's Spider-Man Marx pointing and, and, uh, uh, Nazism. Like <laughs> coming all the way around here. They're Spider-Man pointing man. Aaron Rodgers is less authentic. Listen, I Again, I have more problems with Aaron Rodgers than just about anybody. Well, yeah, he and his weekly Pat McAfee nonsense. But this is he completely, I love all of he this. He continues. His approach to it, how he makes it fun, uh, how he cares about the guys, uh, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. And it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for oh. some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. I thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Beef, keep my coach's What is he, Will Smith? At this point? Come on now. What is this crap? 
Well, I guess I guess Aaron Rodgers. I guess Aaron Rodgers understands. I guess when when we're petty, because he's small and petty. I do find it comical that Aaron Rodgers is the one opining on man that you know a guy who's accomplished as much as he's accomplished is talking like this. Could I not say the same thing about Aaron Rodgers? Takes notes. What? When it's over, Joe will never defend you or say nice things. What are you talking? No, 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 no. That's what he's doing. He's sticking up for his friend. What's his track record? Like legitimately. What's his track record? Do we know that they're actually friends? I'm taking him for his word. Why would you take him for his word? Because he's won two MVPs with him. Why would you take? My point is, why would you suddenly start taking Aaron Rodgers at his word now? That is a fair eyebrow to raise about Aaron Rodgers. Okay. But I'm saying he does seem to be legitimately defending his friend. All right. All right. Fair enough. I'll, I'll Who has been slandered? I defend you. I know you do. I defend you. <laughs> Just not publicly. <laughs> well, that's show bit. The point is, behind the scenes, I have to defend you a lot. I, I know. I'm just saying. I understand this. Next topic. Please. Defend us. Buy a house. Sell yeah, a house. Come on, man. Sell a house. You got a house. Let's get with hometown. Just get with my hometown realty. <laughs> MyHTR.com. We're begging. 919-550-73. But we are not above begging on this program. No, we're not. We're Barry Woodard not. and his team. They have more than 250 agents, six locations. Of course, they're in the G, but they're also in Atlantic Beach and in Clayton and in Raleigh. Please check them out. MyHTR.com. If we if we ever have to break up, if this thing doesn't work, I'm actually going to go to Whitaker. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put in there that you have to publicly say nice things about yeah, me. Non disparage, me. A non-disparagement <laughs> clause. And you want to take it a step further. Whitaker and Hamer are going to put a clause in there that every time Jillio is brought up to Ovias, he must say nice things. Is that what you want? Yeah. I'll, I'll sign that contract. There we go. So if you need to, if you need something like that, Whitaker and Hammer can or, draw that up you for know, you. Or, you know, simple things. If you're like selling a business yeah. or if you're closing on yeah, a yeah, house yeah, or yeah, any yeah. kind of. Family law issues, Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer. They have the world's greatest URL, wh.lawyer. So I I almost feel like I want to drop bars and just go on the reggae air horn nonstop. So I, I, the worst thing that could have happened to the podcast is that I was reminded that the roadcaster has a built-in reggae air horn. So how many slots do we have for, for sound? As many as we want. You just got to tell me what you want to put on Ooh. there. So if we need my, I mean, my juices, juices flow all the time, time, I'll put it on there, man. Wolfpack ain't for soft people. I'll put that thing on absolutely, there. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we can definitely do that. So over the weekend, we started to get into prime ACC expansion, conference realignment drama. And you're already rolling your eyes. I'm already rolling my eyes. We all have to take a deep breath. And the speculation hasn't stopped, even though, I mean, I understand we only have so much reach. I feel like the biggest issue right now related to the ACC goes back to something that David Hale told us from ESPN while we were at ACC kickoff vibes, man. It's the theme of the show vibes. The vibe around the ACC isn't necessarily great, even though they're pretty successful in sports. They've got a pretty decent television contract with ESPN, which isn't going anywhere anytime soon. But the problem that the ACC has versus, say, the Big 12, which has won the offseason by adding Colorado, which I don't really quite know what the value is in Colorado other than Deion Sanders at this point. But that's another conversation. I'm sure he'll be there for the next five years. Oh, of course. Of course. Deion's totally in it for the long haul in Colorado. I think the issue that the ACC has is that it is a wide-ranging group of schools with different desires and needs. And the Big 12 has gotten to the point where the teams that are now making up the Big 12, Sands, Texas, and Oklahoma, 
are a little bit more understanding of where they are in the college football landscape. They still want to have access to the college football playoff. The value in knowing your place in this world. Hey, man, how do you think I got as far as I've gotten in my career, man? I know what my role is. Okay. So the Big 12 understands its role at this point in time. Now, some of that is through things that were outside of their control, but I give the Big 12 credit with Brett Yomark, their uh, new conference commissioner, for understanding let's outlast the Pac-12. They could have given us the kill shot. They didn't. So now let's be the survivors. And every move they've made has essentially done that. And adding Colorado helps them. And they knocked out a television deal with ESPN Fox, which we'll get to in a second. Meanwhile, the Pac-12 is kind of going through it. Everybody thinks that's going to implode anytime soon. They could be adding San Diego State. I saw one argument that San Diego State actually would be an improvement over Colorado, given how Colorado has been bad the last 20 years. But that's neither here nor there. I want to talk about financials because this is the part about this entire story that actually drives me nuts in that the college football media should know better, but they don't. And oftentimes the people who are talking about conference realignment are simply engaging in fantasy talk with no basis. In fact, when all the fact is out there for you, for instance, financials there, I've seen this kicked around that the big 12 has now surpassed the ACC in terms of, average annual value. And I'm thinking to myself, where are you getting that? So I, I, I went and looked it up because you and I know what the ACC financials are. So let's go to the Austin American Statesman. When the Big 12 knocked out their new television deal with ESPN and Fox and the league, this is from the story. This is from uh, Kirk Bowles, who's been writing about yes. uh, Texas and the Big 12 for a very, very long time. The league, at risk of splintering and getting absorbed by the Pac-12 and other leagues, gained some much-needed stability for what was a murky future with a bold six-year media rights deal with ESPN and Fox that is worth an estimated $2.3 billion with an average annual value of $380 million. So essentially, they could be getting around 30 some odd million, you know, like 35 or whatever million a year per school. Okay, I'm like, okay. Last time I checked, I thought the ACC was doing a little bit better than that. So I, I went and did a quick Google search. I know David Teal always has these stories over at richmond.com. So went and pulled that story up. This was back in May. Remember, we're coming out of spring meetings. meetings. Everybody's freaking out about financials. Here it is. Commissioner Jim Phillips foreshadowed an uptick in October, and the numbers delivered. The conference's average distribution to its 14 full members increased nearly 10% to $39.4 million, while revenue climbed 6.7% to uh, $617 million, okay? So last time I checked, the ACC is making more money than the Big 12 now, and they will continue to be making more money than the Big 12. And then what do we know what happens in 2027? The Raycom deal comes off the books. And what does the ACC get from that? I think it's three mil per... They're going to get, and that's a, that's a conservative, that's a conservative original effort. estimate. Aha. That's the other thing too. There's a carryover effect from the Swafford years in the ACC to the Jim Phillips years. The ACC loves to sandbag, man. Yeah, they do. They love the sandbag. They're like, oh, you know, we're, well, it's better to be conservative. Yeah. And then they, they always over deliver when they give you the financials. But this is an important thing to note that in 2027, the ACC is going to get a considerable bump in average annual value. Now we don't know the exact numbers yet. And I can talk to an industry guy and they'll tell me it's a higher number. I can talk to another industry guy and tell me it's slightly lower than that. But the point is, they're going to get a bump in 2027, which, of course, I know what the response is. Well, you're assuming that the ACC is even going to be around in 2027. 
based on what? Vibes again? What, what, what are we doing here? So I finally found the source of why everybody's obsessed that the ACC is about to break up again. Florida State has a board of trustees meeting on August 2nd. This is something that Mike Alford did not tell our friend David Hale last week at ACC kickoff. So this is from, yeah, this is from TomahawkNation.com, the ESPN Nation site. Florida State Athletic Director Mike Alford was specific in his wording when he told ESPN's David Hale on Thursday that, quote, at this time, there was no scheduled meeting of the Florida State Board of Trustees. And then magically on Friday, one showed up on the books. And the meeting is just public comments, new business and updates, uh, requests for approval of some sort of support organization, Seminole Boosters, Inc. loan, yada, yada, yada. And then they adjourn. There's really nothing in this Board of Trustees meeting that would tell you that they're suddenly planning to leave the ACC which of course gets back to the grant of rights and what have we been talking about ad nauseum? It's not that simple. Like, do we just have to play the Bubba Cunningham clip on a loop for, it's only a minute long. Do we just have to play it on a loop? You should at this point. Like, why are we, like, why do people in our business do this? I get it's summer and I get it's dead period time, but we've now transitioned to camps actually opening up. Can we transition finally to, you know, this, this recruits already looking great on the field and camp. So we can get away from this stuff. Here's what we here's what needs to actually happen for either Florida State, Clemson, or North Carolina to leave the ACC. Yeah, Fox has to be the one that comes and gets them. This is no one is going to the SEC. Mm-hmm. ESPN owns the SEC. ESPN owns the ACC. What further proof do you need that ESPN will protect its secondary properties than the deal they just made with the Big Twelve? Right. It is in. ESPN and Disney's best interests to have healthy inventory. Hence, they're not going to take Clemson. They're not going to take Florida State. They're not going to take Carolina and take them out of one property that they need and move them into another that, quite frankly, doesn't need them. Mm -mm. Okay? The threat and the only threat is Fox and the Big Ten. So when that happens, when when that conference says, I want Florida State, I want Clemson, I want Carolina. That is the time to be appropriately threatened. That is the time to be appropriately alarmed. Mm -hmm. And that is the time, which you and I both agree, is probably in 2030. 2030. Maybe even 29. We also don't know. It's not financially. Right now, it doesn't make any financial sense for Florida State to leave a grant of rights that is going to be financially not in their interest. And it doesn't help the Big Ten to sit there and go, we're going to pay for a team that's not going to help us. Mm -hmm. Now, Getting back to the, those are new world politics, right? Let's get back to old world politics. At what point do you think Georgia and Florida, and you might say, well, Florida doesn't run the SEC anymore. Okay. I guarantee you Georgia does. Mm -hmm. At what point do you, now Alabama ain't that far from Tallahassee either, by the way. They want to Florida State. At what point do you think Alabama, Georgia, and Florida are going to go, hey, you know who we really need to help? Because we need to get into that. You know, that booming Tallahassee market? No, sir. It ain't them. That's complete and total idiocy. Those three power brokers have zero interest in Florida State. Mm-hmm. Again, that's not to say that the Big Ten would would want to get into Florida and it would be their option. They could add Florida State and Miami. Yeah. Okay. They could do the same, make the same that. folly that the ACC did. But <laughs> it's not going to happen from Disney and ESPN. No. It's going to happen from something outside of that. Now, here's the problem. We talk about what things might look like in 2030. We we might not 
ESPN might not exist Correct. in 2030. It could, be, I, it could be I, FanDuel TV But for you all and I know. both noted that there was a, a first time ever in our for our recognition and, and under our knowledge, Disney was used in, yes. in the ACC's messaging uh, in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that before. I don't think you've ever seen no, that never before. Seen before. So that was ESPN. notable and that was interesting. The other thing too, I would say about where things are going with the SEC specifically, that they, have, they haven't even gotten to 16 teams yet. They don't even know what 16 teams are going to look like functionally when it comes to their football scheduling. And we also know that the SEC, if they wanted to make more money with 16 teams, it would not be from adding a Florida State or a Clemson and adding value. The value comes from the ninth conference game. And ESPN was not willing to pony up for the ninth conference game. They would actually have scheduled nine conference games already this summer. Yeah. If ESPN Disney came up with the money for the additional game, because it's more valuable to them to have yet another Texas Alabama game or an Oklahoma Georgia game. You can go through any number of combinations you want. There's millions of them. The point being there's more value in that ninth conference game to put on the SEC network, the ESPN, than there is to add another mouth to feed, which then gets to the ACC. And we'll close this conversation on this. You know, people are like, well, the ACC has to act for what? For who? The only thing the ACC has to act is to go back to ESPN and Disney and explain to them mm-hmm. what their value is. Because remember who owns the playoff broadcast rights right now? Yes. And I don't see that changing. Not I, changing. Could see, I could see early round games going to Fox if they're smart. Yeah, early maybe. round games going to NBC if they're smart. But ultimately, it's in the ESPN's and Disney's best interests are the ACC's best interests. It is. And if you're as long as they have the playoff games... Well, don't you want a strong Florida State? Don't you want a strong Clemson in that playoff? So it's not just the SEC Invitational, which you're already paying for, by the way. Notre Dame is a team that they would add. It's already in the grant of rights. And you know how many times I've heard, well, Notre Dame could leave for the Big Ten. They can't. It would cost them money to do so because of that grant of rights with the ACC. Now, it would cost them less. It would cost them less, but it's still costing money. But it would still cost them money. It would still cost them money. And last time I checked, schools are getting really freaked out about money. We're moving on. Continue on the money train when it comes to the Carolina Hurricanes here in a bit. But shout out to Breeze Through. Breeze Through is, we're getting close to tailgate season, Joe, which means that the Breeze Through by Carter Finley Stadium uh, is going to be popping with the, the, the beer cave. They got the crowler and growler machine. They got the snacks all the things that you need, but it's also still summer concert series. Like we got Walnut Creek shows. They got like five shows in a row. You got to get some waters. You got to get some beers. You got to get some snacks, get the breeze through on the way out there. They got locations throughout the triangle. Yeah. I actually went to Oak Island this weekend Mm -hmm. on my way out on 4042 there. Breeze through. Nice. Got the gas, got myself some of the, my, my Altoid preferred choice. (laughs) Now that I don't really love um, sunflower seeds in the car. Cause they just just dehydrate me. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, get those Altoids, get a little water, but you know, I got to stop the pee pretty often. So yeah, yeah. Try, try to avoid some of that. You're old, man. What are you going to do? Uh, super old. We're all but old. You got to pee all the time. All those things I need, mm-hmm. they have them at that breeze <laughs> Butcher's Market's got what you need too. Butcher's Market's got signature steak tips. They got that jalapeno garlic charred chicken breast, which is great for fajitas. That's like a nice hack. They got all your grilling needs too. The pellets, the wood, the charcoal, the seasoning, all things to step up, not just your end of summer grilling as you get ready for Labor Day, et cetera, but also for your tailgates too. Uh, the best thing we've we've done is partner with the butcher's market. Love it. And just the response from people who go there. and Because it's almost like sometimes, you know, you and I will have a take, like you'll have a take about mm-hmm. uh, Carolina basketball, and mm-hmm. it's usually right on. I'll have a take on state football, and it's usually right on. And people sure. will be like, 
Uh, yeah, I don't know really. I don't know about that. Those guys, I don't. They don't know don't what know they're about talking that. about. I don't know about this steak and cheese is amazing. Then people go and get it, they're like, oh, oh no. Yeah. Wait a second. If they're, they're right, right about the steak and cheese, right. they might they might be right about these other takes too. Speaking speaking of takes that I <laughs> tend to be right about, uh, I usually tend to be right about Carolina Hurricanes takes too, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's which is funny because you know we don't spend a ton of time talking about the Carolina Hurricanes because the regular season can become a slog. But I think you and I both really kind of go into playoff mode when they're in playoff mode, and we're and we're bringing the hot takes. And something has developed this offseason for the Carolina Hurricanes, which I think is both good and bad at the same time. All right. And then the Canes, after five straight years of making the playoffs with Rod Brindamore as the head coach, has completely changed the culture and the expectations around the team. With that comes off seasons where it's a little more heightened. Okay. So while we are at ACC kickoff, the Carolina Hurricanes finally signed Sebastian Ajo to an eight-year deal. So Fishy ain't going anywhere anytime soon. I think we all can understand he's going to be the next captain. And we also understand that while Sebastian Ajo is not somebody that necessarily gets nationwide recognition, we know he's one of the best players in the NHL in terms of what he can create, what he does all over the ice. All right, so awesome. We also know that the Carolina Hurricanes love the open box special, to borrow a phrase from Bomani, the distressed asset, which uh, I know Luke DeCock wrote about in the News and Observer, and it's very much on Tom Dundon. That's where we get to the other side of things, like Tony D'Angelo. Here's what we think you're worth. The other um, the other teams can't make it work for you, but we're going to make it work for you, and we're going to look like geniuses. They did it once already with Tony D'Angelo in the Dougie Hamilton uh, departure when he got $9 million from the Devils. They're trying to see if they can make it work again, but not in the same capacity, because I don't think that Tony D'Angelo, as the seventh or eighth defenseman on this group, is going to be playing as many games as he was last year. They're not going to ask as much of him that, this year like they did two years ago. I don't know if he's seven. They're well, no, I'm saying if Pesci's not there, I don't expect which, Pesci to be on the team. Well, that's we'll get to that in a second because okay. I don't I don't quite know what's going on here because it's entirely possible that Pesci's on the opening night roster, man. It's, yeah, they could go Justin Falk on that one. They really he could. doesn't leave until next year, and that's they, fine. And that's fine. I mean, I mean $4 million for we, this year. We kind of understand. We know that the Canes are up against the cap, which gets us to Tarasenko. And the off-season obsession with Tarasenko. Now, part of it is related to the fact that there were initial reports that it looked like Tarasenko was going to sign with the Carolina Hurricanes. And what do we know about the Canes and scoring? They need dudes. Tarasenko is viewed as a dude, even though he didn't necessarily show up for the Rangers this postseason, but that's neither here nor there. He changes his agent, which was the first indication that Tarasenko is playing a different game in that he's looking to get paid. Sure. What are the Carolina Hurricanes not going to do? Uh, pay somebody from the outside. They're not going to long term deal. Anyway. They're not going to pay anybody a long term deal above what they think this guy is worth. So they had the initial offer. They change agents, and then according to some reports, they offered him a one year deal worth around four million dollars. Come to find out, the Tarasenko signs with the Ottawa Senators, which gets us to uh, a former for five mil for like yeah, just over five mil. This comes from Andy Strickland, who covers the Blues. Tarasenko won a cup with the Blues, right? I got that right. So initially, he says, told Vlad Tarasenko had a four-year offer at $5.5 million per season from Ottawa early in free agency, had a had one-year offers from Carolina at 5.25 and San Jose one year at six, uh, signs with the Senators. Correction, offer from Carolina was significantly less than what I was originally told. According to source, highest offer from the Canes was less than $4 million. Again, that's for the year. And then the kicker to me from Andy Strickland's uh, tweets was the fact that when he talked to the senators, 
he says something to the effect of, you know, he asks the senators, how committed are you to winning? Well, in the la- Joe, <laughs> Joe, we're talking about the senators. The senators finished like sixth or seventh I, in their division. They haven't made the playoffs in five or six years. But they made some good moves. Okay. The previous offseason, they're, okay. they're, they're in a good part of their rebuild stage. Okay. Yes. To me, the honeymoon phase of the rebuild stage. Signing a one-year deal at that amount tells me two things. One, it's reconfirmation that this free agency class in the NHL is mid, as the kids would say. So don't get so wrapped up in the available free agents unless you can make a big move using Brett Pesci to get the guy that you actually want. That's where the Eric Carlson thing. But we know with Eric Carlson, that kind of became moot because they added Orlov, for heaven's sake. Well, then again, people would say the same thing about Tony D'Angelo. Here is my scorching take on the Carolina Hurricanes offseason. What has Rod Brennamore told us time and time again about contracts and guys who want to play on the team? Yeah, he, he didn't cough and say, <clears throat> you don't need a writer. But he says people leave, they sign for more money elsewhere, mm-hmm. and then they'll call, basically, or they'll he'll see them during the season and be like, man, I wish I was still there, even yeah. though it was less money. So it's okay if Tarasenko wanted to take the money. That's where he is in his career. He's got his cup. Yeah, it's, this is a weird one. He's he's coming off of an eight-year deal where he, he was is. making seven and a half annually. So he's 31. You would think that, but but heck, we also know that the we also know that the um the cap is gonna go up because of the television deal with the NHL. And right. that's why this, this was a class year in, in the cap. Yes. Year. Yeah. So Tarasenko is probably coming at this from let me not do anything long term so I can then get the contract I'm really looking for down the line. I'm not saying this is a knock. I'm simply saying that's where he is in his career. Yeah. That's what he wants. If that's what he wants, I don't want that on the team. I don't want that on the Carolina Hurricanes. I want guys who understand what it's about. That, what Rod Brindamore yeah. exactly said. You could take more money, but it's not this room. Tarasenko decided to take money. Good for him, man. I hope he's enjoying it. Nobody begrudges him. Nobody's going to begrudge him. All right? Not a single soul is going to begrudge him. But this is where I turn my eye to Carolina Hurricanes fans. What are you more interested in at this point? Are you more interested in winning off seasons? Are you more interested in like, oh, we got to get this guy. He's the guy. Well, is he? Because everybody who's obsessed with Tarasenko in, the, in, in this past season at the trade deadline, again, all these guys that the Carolina Hurricanes were supposedly tied to at the trade deadline. And while you and I both raised an eyebrow when Tom Dundon told us, well, we don't want to mortgage the future to get a rental or whatever it is. Look, what did all those guys do in the postseason that everybody was obsessed with? Not much. I, I mean, Tarasenko did have three goals in seven games with the Rangers in the postseason. Where were the I, Rangers? Did they go as far as the Hurricanes? They did not. Okay. Uh, uh, Tarasenko, in full transparency here, was the player I thought that the Rangers got for the best deal. Fair. Right? We talked about Timo Meyer and, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the Devils, all they had to give up for him, and, and Horvat with the Islanders and all that they had to give up. And, yeah, I'm not trading Seth Jarvis for a month of, of those guys no. or whatever. No. But Tarasenko was somebody who I thought for a draft pick could have helped the Canes. I understood their interest in him this year. Do I now look at this and go, why wouldn't they go up a little bit more? The Canes number is the Canes number. Canes number is Canes they, number, man. They have They're a consistent. value for you. They are consistent. So that, with that. that is, that's what they do. Let's see if everybody's healthy. That's all I'm asking. Uh, that would be nice. That would be nice. a real look at this thing with a full squad. That would be nice. What's up next? What's up next? Shout out to the Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority for sponsoring Ovias and Jolio. Uh, it is the grossest time of the year. Mosquito Authority actually came out to my place this past week, added some more mosquito treatment. It's keeping things at bay. I can grill, not like just be swarmed. It's awesome. And Pest Authority can take care of the things that are trying to get in your house now that it's super, super hot. I know it's kind of cooling off this week, 
No, no rookies. Ants are trying to get in. Ants are trying to are get in. Over, you don't want that. They're in overtime. Also, my guy's now in the termite business. So check them out because right. everybody has a termite deal. Mm-hmm. Can't own a home without a termite deal. So give them a call. Mosquito authority, pest authority. Yeah, you got You have to have an inspection every year. Yeah, you do. It's a thing. You also can't win a cup without a hoe. A hoe. Uh, and also, <laughs> I didn't even get the number. Yeah, give out the number. <laughs> Hold on. Give out the number. You're Come right. on now. Well, bugsbite.com for sure. <laughs> Making me work too hard here. Oh, come on now. Come on now. So, yeah, go check them out. Bugsbite.com, Mosquito Authority, and Pest Authority doing a great job. Also, Oak City Sports Card. I, th- I think Oak City Sports Card won ACC kickoff, Joe. They did. And I texted them as such because I was like, listen, oh, wait, first of all, hold on, hold on. Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, 855 777 7694. There we go. Um, Oak City Sports Cards texted Katie, texted Wes. Listen, mm-hmm. showed him the setup. Uh, even you know, showed him the, the Jeff Halfley video. I was like, "You guys were the star, the stars of the ACC kickoff." Even if you didn't know it, it was great. You were I can't tell you how many people were like, "Where did you get those things? Where did you get those things?" If you think there's something hard to find, Weston can get it. Oak City Sports Cards are downtown in in Raleigh, off of Glenwood Avenue. Go check out their space. It's unbelievable. Or check them out online at oakcitycards.com. All right. Let's answer some Hey Joe questions. Uh, Oakwood Pizza Box sponsors Hey Joe. Uh, you can check them out online at oakwoodpizzabox.com. We'll have more details on OG Wednesday through pizza. Sunday. But, but we're going to be open up on a Monday We are getting night. a special dispensation to have OG Pizza Night. Yes, there will be football. Can't say what league or what teams, but there will be football. There will be a television. It is a Monday night. September eighteenth. All right, right. from uh, from the Gumi. Hey Joe, does Sam Hartman's lack of success in Carter Finley mean the Pack have a chance in their home opener? I looked this up. The last time Wake won at Carter Finley Stadium was in two thousand eighteen with Jamie Newman as quarterback. Newman. Newman. Uh, No, listen. State's got a chance to win the game. Of course, of course they they do. do. But Notre Dame's real strength against other ACC teams and even Clemson last show you'll recall. Up front, they're mm-hmm. just they're just they're built better up front on both sides of the ball. You know, the real forever they had a great offensive line, but since they've in the last few years they've really beefed up their defensive front. They've that's how they've controlled ACC teams. They play a style. Yeah, we saw as it with well. North Carolina. Yeah, they play a style as well that you don't really see in the ACC anymore either. Yeah. So I'm one thing I'm just fascinated by is I thought Sam Hartman struggled last year when you got him out of the mesh mm-hmm. in plays that didn't, that weren't on schedule that weren't on the mesh. I thought he struggled. And that's one of the reasons state won the game that they did last year in Carter Finley stadium against Wake Forest. I'm going to be interested to see a whole off season and what he looks like. I, I think his skill set is tremendous. I, and I, I, but I'm interested to see how this works at Notre Dame. All right. Next up from Craig heading to Disney soon. Besides galaxy's edge, what are some of your favorite things or places to eat? Joe, Please, because you're oh the boy. Disney guy. Because I know you're big on the Disney planning. Yeah, turkey legs. <laughs> Churros. Something. So I will say this about Disney. Uh, it might not be a hidden gem anymore because of social media influencers who want to highlight all these things. Uh, if you're going to the Magic Kingdom and you need a good dinner, that's not the overpriced Cinderella's Castle meal. You go to Skipper Canteens over at Adventureland. It's a really great meal, Joe. Hey, speaking of tax write-offs, could we do, like, remember in the 80s and the 90s, sitcoms that would have their summer vacation and the whole family goes down to Disney? 
And then it really became the vacation a thing. episode. Yeah, the vacation <laughs> episode. Like when, um, especially when Disney bought ABC, mm. so all their sitcoms would have. I'm, I'm hearing the Full House theme in my head right now. Right. Actually. And you'll remember when Disney bought ESPN, they would do ESPN the weekend at the wide world of sports. They would do Sports Center and stuff like that from Disney World. They even had, it wasn't an ESPN, it was an ESPN club. It wasn't an ESPN zone. It was an ESPN club, which no longer exists, unfortunately. So I'm thinking, Joe. Can we get a Disney trip tax write-off? What do you think? You feel when, me on this? When you approve the OG mobile, we take I the will OG approve. mobile down to. I will approve. I like it. Let's take the OG mobile down to Disney. Let's do this. Maybe we can get as far as south of the border and do a show from there. <laughs> a little Fourth of July episode from Richard. Hey Joe, is this all? This is all fantastic news about the podcast. But the real question is, when will Truth Bombs make their debut? I think I retired from truth bombs. Yeah. You have to work up a proper lather. I do. I do. I also don't think that this room and the acoustics could handle it. I mean, poor Leanne would not know. Oh, geez. Leanne would just be like, is everything okay? The cops might show up. The cops might show up. (laughs) It's entirely possible with all the yelling that's going on. It is funny how there are certain things that I haven't done in a really long time that still stick with people in the past. Truth bombs is certainly one of them. You're good. What's that? Just hit the button. You're good. Just do that now? Yeah. I actually have to add a truth bomb sounder. <laughs> yes. There's another thing we can add to the sounder. All right. Next up on Hey Joe, this is from Mark. Which NFL training camp storyline do you find the most intriguing and why? I think we just kind of hit on it. Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and how things are going to play out. I disagree with you. We can explore this a little bit mm-hmm. later on in the week. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to survive in New York, man. He, he's wait. He's too much head on a swivel. He's going to go on the McAfee show to complain about something. The New York back pages are going to pick up on that. And then that's just going to start the endless cycle. He's going to say something that's going to get him into a world of controversy and be the distraction that everybody talks about. All right. Next up to Isaac. What's the dumbest ACC realignment rumor you can think we can get traction on Tulane and UConn? Yeah, but let's bring the green wave. Let's bring the green wave to the ACC wave. trips to New Orleans. Let's go. Let's just start. Like, just, just throw it out there. Just throw it out there. I, I think anything that involves ACC teams leaving for the SEC are the dumbest rumors. Let's let's get App State and ECU to just add. Oh, that's I my know you league. want that. Yeah, you want the irate that's what you conference. Want. That's what you want. Yeah, maybe uh, the maybe IGC. This, maybe that's where we end up. Then we'll close on this from uh, Unit Twenty Four Thirty Seven National Bohemian Natty Bo or Coors Banquet. I've never had a national bohemian. Never had a natty bow, dude. Mm-mm. I mean, we're gonna have to fix where, that. Where is that local to? Baltimore. Okay. Well, I don't think they make it in Baltimore anymore. Well, sure, but I'm just saying, like when you Baltimore. grew up somewhere, you would that would be the yeah, like old style Chicago, that kind of stuff. PBRs, technically uh, Milwaukee, that kind of stuff. Yeah, natty bow. That is now. I I've had I am well, Janice in New York. That would be a thing I'm familiar with. I, I'm partial to Coors Banquet. I've actually had the banquet from Colorado. Out of the, fresh, out fresh. Out of the bat beer, bat container? No, bottle. I haven't had that. I haven't had that. I, I But I have done like a Coors Banquet, like fresh from uh, Golden Colorado. Yeah, fresh from Golden Colorado, like literally across from the brewery. Because uh, the brewery was shut down for tours at that time when I went. So we went across the way to this thing called, I forgot what it was called, but it was in Golden. And they had it just like the freshest Coors you can get. It was delicious i was i was a fan i think i'm gonna have to have a natty bow before i can pass judgment on this all right we'll do that i can tell you what i'll take those over the uh ultra right beer 
I listened to that podcast. <laughs> the person that you had on Wit. is like next level genius. I wish I knew anything. I wish I knew any subject as much as he knows about the, the, the human palate. Wit is on another level, man. Crazy Wit is on another level. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition. We'll see you from Sedgefield. You never know who might drop by at the Wyndham. We'll see you then. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.